Season 2, Episode 123a, The Rulers, also known as the Sanhedrin, a word that does not appear in the King James Bible. Maybe more modern versions uh, have it in there, but uh, anyway, it means rulers, um, and I'll probably refer to that because A.T. Robertson does. I've always heard it called the Sanhedrin my entire life, uh, my, at least my entire Christian life. This word is not in the Bible. Formally challenged, the Sanhedrin formally challenged the authority of Jesus. And we will see that in Mark chapter 11, Jesus says, I'll answer your question if you ask, answer mine. The baptism of John. Was it of God or was it of men? And we'll read about that. The parable of the wicked tenants, spelled tenants, but tenants, um, rented out the property or hired servants to bring in the crop and they decided to steal the crop. Anyway, in the parable, uh, normally we'd say that the parables were to hide truth, but the, uh, the Sanhedrin are all under, all over the, you know, what's implied here. The murder of all the prophets and, and now the Son of God is what's being implied in, in uh, the, the parable of the wicked tenants takes place in the court of the temple, which I'm pretty familiar with the courtyard of the uh, of the tabernacle, but not so much in the temple. But the temple has a wall around it. I think this would be inside that wall. Just like on the tabernacle, there was a courtyard inside the, uh, inside the curtain, inside the, the, the outside curtains, not the curtain. Anyway, uh, this is a very, Full Tuesday, a day of controversy based on A.T. Robertson's A Harmony of the Gospels for Students of the Life of Christ, copyright 1922. And C.I. Schofield, Schofield Reference Bible, copyright 1909. And if you get an old Schofield, it will be based on the uh, King James Version uh, 1611, which is my preferred the one I grew up with, so I'm going to use that. Uh, Rick Meyer's eSword free Bible study app for personal computers. I have it on my personal computer and my phone as well. It's free for the PC, but it cost me less than $2 for my phone, and I highly recommend it. Uh, just a great way to look up words. That's how I found out Sanhedrin is not in the Bible. I can just search that word, and it says zero entries. Anyway, uh, and BibleProject.com, if I was going to teach a book of the Bible, I would definitely uh, open that up in every class. Take a few minutes to, to watch that video because it's just so full of information about the who, what, where, when, and why. I used it for Isaiah 53, and I took away from that the, the main thing I took away from, which I think was very powerful. What Isaiah and the, the prophets are doing are they're speaking to Israel for God and speaking to us as the Gentile church. For God. But, uh, all right, we're in part 11 of A.T. Robertson's 14 parts. This is called The Last Public Ministry in Jerusalem, and this is, this long Tuesday is the last public day in the Passion Week before he is, he hides for a, a day, Wednesday, and then Thursday uh, he's picked up. Thir really Thursday night, but the Jews would call that 
Friday, Friday morning, Friday evening, excuse me, the evening and the morning were the first day, so they start with the evening. And uh, anyway, uh, the, a, a day of controversy is this Tuesday. It covers episodes 31 to 38. We're in episode 32 now, um, and it'll go till 38. The Synoptic Gospels give more details of the teaching of Jesus on this Tuesday in the temple and on the Mount of Olives than any other single day. Episode 30, Season 2, Episode 31-Episode 38. The spring of A.D. 30, A.T. Robertson, the longest note of his 14 notes, if I'm not mistaken, was on when exactly was Jesus born. And uh, I go with what I, the first time I taught world history and it came up in the world history books, it used to, I probably doesn't anymore, common era and before the common era. But anyway, in the year of our Lord, we, we had a lesson on Jesus, birth, burial, resurrection, life, and death, burial, and resurrection. I mean, you could do it in a day, probably. It wasn't that much devoted to it, but it was a lesson. So uh, anyway, that, that puts Christ at about 31 and a half years old because he was 30 when he entered the ministry. That's what you do if you're Jewish. If you're going to be a priest like his, his, his uh, second cousin, John the Baptist, was a priest, the son of a priest. Zachariah was a priest and uh, his father. And so anyway, uh, just before the Passover, making Christ 33 and a half years old at his crucifixion and his birth approximately, and that's approximately 33 and a half years old and approximately 4 BC. I just think, don't think God laid it out for us. Uh, you have to study that on your own and it's really not that important in my opinion. Anyway, all right, so I'm not really using the maps on these lessons because we're in Jerusalem. We're Bethany, which is four miles to the east. And now we're in Jerusalem, I think, for the rest of the time Christ is alive. I think he's going to spend Tuesday night, really Wednesday morning, in the uh, Garden of Gethsemane, in the, uh, the garden where Jerusalem is built. Mount of Olives. I'm sorry, Mount of Olives. All right, so um, let's see here. All right, I'm going to read uh, Revelation 6, 9 through 10. In heaven, near the end, or I would say after teaching it now for several, for quite a while, I would say at the end of the tribulation. And when the seven-year tribulation while we've, the Gentile church has had the marriage feast of the Lamb and the seals are being opened and things are happening on earth that aren't very pleasant, the Lord's going to come back and put an end to that with his second coming, the Battle of Armageddon, which, again, I personally don't think is much of a fight. Could be wrong, but anyway, well. Verse 9 of Revelation chapter 6. And when Jesus had opened, this is John speaking, and the, the Apostle John. And when Jesus had opened the fifth seal, he was the only one found worthy to open the seals. I, 
John, saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held, and they cried with a loud voice. And here's what they said. How long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? They had young Jewish men that were slaughtered, every one of them, during the tribulation, past tense at this point, because they're dead in heaven, uh, separated from their bodies, I should say. But they're going to get their new bodies and come back to earth, and so are we at this point. Uh, the last seven years have been a very Jewish time, and the Jews have come through this like gangbusters, standing up for the Lord to the death. Daniel chapter 7, this is uh, Daniel's vision of the second coming, which would, I think, occur right after how long, O Lord, not long. And this will be the Lord Jesus Christ's return to earth. Uh, 7.13, Daniel 7.13, I, Daniel, saw in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man, Jesus, came with the clouds of heaven, and he's coming through the atmosphere to the earth, so that would be the first heaven. You got the first heaven, you got the heaven of the sun, moon, and stars, and you got the third heaven where God lives. And God is on the earth at this time, and came to the Ancient of Days on the earth. So God has brought his throne down here, and, and all the dead in Christ are there, and this is quite a deal. And they brought Jesus near before him, Jehovah. Galatians 3, 7 brings in Abraham, just because I want to. Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. Spiritually, the children of Abraham. I got to sneeze. Oh, come on. Okay. Um, Zechariah 9, 9, written 500 years before Christ, approximately. This is a description in 500 years before Palm Sunday. Uh, this is a description of Palm Sunday. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. He is just, and having salvation lowly, humble, and riding upon a donkey and upon a colt, the foal of a donkey. All right, season two, episode 132. The rulers, the Sanhedrin formally challenged the authority of Jesus uh, in Mark 11, 27 through 33. Uh, and that's what we're going to read right now. Mark 11, 27 to 33. In verse 27, and they come again, they would be Jesus and the apostles coming from Bethany where they spent Monday night and they, this is Tuesday, and they come again well I guess it would really be Tuesday night, wouldn't it? It's confusing. The morning and evening were the first day. The evening and the morning were the first day. The Jewish set up their days different than the, than the barbarians. Anyway, verse, tw verse 27, and they Jesus and his twelve apostles, maybe, maybe more and as they and as he was walking in the temple, there come to him the chief priests and the scribes and the elders, 
the leaders of Israel, the rulers of Israel, and say unto him, By what authority dost thou these things, the miracles, the healings, the stuff that's happened in Jerusalem the last couple of days, and who gave you this authority to do these things? Jesus answered and said unto them, the leaders of Israel, the chief priests, scribes, and elders, I will also ask you one question, and answer me, and I will tell you by what authority I do these things. Verse 30, the baptism of John, was it from heaven or of men? Answer me. And they, the rulers of Israel, reasoned with themselves, had a little sidebar, I think out of their shot of at least the disciples, I don't know if Jesus was listening or not, it really doesn't matter, he's kind of reading people's minds sometimes. And they reasoned with themselves saying, if we shall say from heaven, he will say, why then did you not believe him? Why don't you believe in me? He said, behold, John the Baptist. I think they were all there, heard him say, uh, behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. He was very clear on who Jesus was. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. John 3, 36, last verse in John chapter 3. Okay, the Sanhedrin say, but if we say of men, they feared the people, for all the counted John that he was a prophet indeed. And they answered, the Sanhedrin answered Jesus, and said unto Jesus, We cannot tell. And Jesus answered and saith unto them, the Sanhedrin, Neither do I tell you by what authority I do these things. So that was just pretty much a lot of nothing. But I think it's cool. And God must think it's cool because he put it in inspired word of God inspired Mark to write it. Um, Okay, now we're going to take a look at verse 1 of Mark, chapter 12, verses 1 through 12. So that first one was uh, the rulers formally challenged the sin, formally challenged the authority of Jesus and didn't get very far in those seven verses and at the end of Mark chapter 11 and now we're going to be at the beginning of Mark chapter 12 and this is a parable of the tenants of the wicked tenants tenants those are people that rent property or possibly live on the property Uh, it has a wall around it It, it's, it's got a tower it's a safe place to be he's built all this before he even hired these people in my opinion um the parable of the wicked tenants, Mark chapter 12, verse 1 through 12. And he, Jesus, began to speak unto them by parable, them being the Sanhedrin. So now he's going to tell them a story. But they're going to know who the wicked tenants are. Verse um, 1, And he began to speak unto them, the Sanhedrin, the rulers of Israel, by parables. A certain man planted a vineyard. So this was done without the wicked tenants. They're not 
tenants yet. This is money out of his pocket. And and certain a certain man, the Lord of the vineyard, planted a vineyard and set a hedge about it. These hedges are pretty formidable. formidable. They were in World War II in, in Europe. They had to carpet bomb the hedgerows of Europe to get through that mess at Normandy. Anyway, and dig a place for the wine fat, where I assume that's the where they make the wine, press the grapes, and built a tower so they could protect, get early warning if somebody's coming to steal their fruit, whatever, and let it out to husbandmen. So it sounds like uh, these guys are like leasing this property that's pretty complete. All they got to do is tend the grapes, harvest the grapes. And went into a far country. So the Lord of the Manor, the Lord of the Vineyard, took off, leaving these hired servants to take care of his property. And at the season that the Lord, he, the Lord of the Manor, sent the husbandman a servant, that he, the Lord of the Vineyard, might receive from the husbandmen of the fruit of the vineyard. And they caught him, the servant, and beat him and sent him away empty. So I'm, I would assume he brought wagons and you know stuff to carry away the, the fruit of the vineyard. But they want to keep it for themselves because they're wicked. Verse 4, And again he sent unto them another servant. The Lord of the vineyard sent another servant. And him they cast... At him they cast stones and wounded him in the head and sent him away shamefully handled. Verse 5. And again the Lord of the vineyard sent another. And him they killed and many others, beating some and killing some. These would be the prophets. Which prophet did Israel not kill? Uh, It was kind of a proverb back then. Anyway, um, verse 6. Having yet therefore one son, his well-beloved, the well-beloved of the Lord of the vineyard, he sent him also last unto the hirelings, saying, they will reverence my son. Verse 7, but those husbandmen said among themselves, another little sidebar, uh, this is the heir. Come, let us kill him, and the inheritance shall be ours. Verse 8, And they took the son, and killed him, and cast him out of the vineyard. Verse 9, What shall therefore the Lord of the vineyard do? He shall come and destroy the husbandmen, the tenants, and will give the vineyard to others to manage. And verse 10, And have ye not read this scripture, Psalms 118, 22, and 23, which I'll read at the end here, which says this basically the same thing. The stone which the builders rejected is become the head of the corner. Verse 11, This was the Lord's doing, 
and it is marvelous in our eyes. You know, the whole, the whole rejected Christ, the crucified Christ, it's the only reason we go to heaven is because our sins have been paid for and we put our faith in him. Maybe very little to begin with, but mine grew when that girl said to me as I was leaving that Bible study, if I never see you again, I'll see you in heaven. And I thought about all I'd heard and I thought about what she said and I said, you're right. I'm thinking, I'm going to heaven when I die. I'd never even, that thought had never entered my mind until that moment, that I'm definitely going to heaven. God is faithful, I've read his word, and it's, it's for by grace you saved through faith, that not of yourselves, the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Because I, all I'd ever heard is make him Lord of your life and do this and do that, and, and I knew I couldn't make any, I never kept any resolutions. I'm very suspicious of people that tell me they can keep, Resolutions. I've, I've run into a couple of these people uh, in the last year. It's very rare because I like to make the point when I'm witnessing to say, look, it's not you're making a bunch of promises you know you're not going to keep, and people usually laugh at that. Some people go, well, I keep all my promises. Well, you're unique. It's called self-justified. This was the Lord's doing and marvelous in his eyes. We'll read in Psalm 118 in just a minute. One more verse here back in Mark chapter 12. 12, 12. And they sought to lay hold on him. Who? Who is they? The Sanhedrin. They're ready to take him right now. But feared the people. For they knew that Jesus had spoken the parable against them. That's why they were angry. Because they're the wicked tenant. They're the ones that are occupying the temple. They're the ones that are that he cleared everybody out of just the, on his Palm Sunday, which is the first day of the week, by the way. So if somebody gets after me about working on Sunday, I'm going to say, hey, God worked on a Sunday. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without shape, void, darkness upon the face of the deep. God said, let there be light. It was a pretty busy day. He didn't work. He rested on the Sabbath day. So if you want to be scriptural, then... I guess I can cut my grass. I can cut my grass all day on Saturday, but I, uh, I've, I've never been corrected for it, and therefore I don't want to have my good be evil spoken of. But anyway, and they left him and went their way. And here's Psalm 118, verses 22 and 23, which I will put in the notes unless I forget. Most of the Psalms were written between 1010, 1010 B.C., and 930 B.C. But my favorite psalm, Psalm 91, that I say every morning, all 16 verses from memory, with a Bible app called Verses, one word, Verses, great way to memorize scripture. Um, and uh, it's a song of Mo Moses, and it goes back 1,500 years before Christ. Anyway, um, all right, here it is. Psalm 22, Psalm 118, verses 22 and 23. Verse 22. The stone which the builders refused is become the head of the corner. So the builders would be the uh, Sanhedrin and the wicked tenants, and they kill Christ and they probably beat him beyond recognition and, and kill him. And he. Uh, He's become the head of the corner. 
the headstone on the corner. Verse 23, and the Lord's doing, it is marvelous in our eyes. I, I can say that I think God's plan of salvation is pretty marvelous. Um, I went to Bible study on Wednesday night, last night, and they were talking about justice. I don't want justice. I do not want justice. Justice is me paying for my sins, you paying for your sins, eternal separation from God. The wages of sin is death. Our death would be eternal separation from God. Or we can take the substitutionary parent, you know, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me, of Christ on the cross. Anyway, the Lord's doing, it is marvelous in our eyes. If the gospel of the grace of God is not marvelous to you, I don't understand you, or you don't understand the gospel of the grace of God, or you just don't want to believe it. There are people like that. All right, so next episode, Psalm, uh, season two, episode 132b, because I've got to break these up because there's too many verses for me to put them all in there, because I like you to read along if you're so inclined. Uh, so this is season two, episode 132. Matthew's take, we read Mark's take on the parable of the wicked tenants. Matthew has 24 verses on that, so we'll read, see if he added anything to that. And uh, all this is taking place in the temple, in the court, on this Tuesday, the day of controversy. And I will say adios to God, and by a con Dios, go with God. <laughs>